Uh, welcome to this episode of Attempted Adventure, where we don't play D&D at all. Uh, My favorite. Yes. Uh, no, today we are doing a table talk, um, which we will get to in just a moment. I'm just going to give a quick recap of everything that's happened so far. If you haven't listened, I don't know why the fuck not. Like, honestly, uh, I don't know why you're listening to a table talk and not having listened to our podcast. That would so be super weird. It would be really weird to just, like, jump in at the, like, close to the end of our campaign and be like, I'm going to listen to this table talk and get all these spoilers. I think it's ballsy. Uh, yeah, I know. admire it. Do you respect it? Mm-hmm. The moxie? The moxie. All right. So, <laughs> I loved that. Oh my god. That was oh shit, I closed literally all my tabs. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh no. Must have been when I restarted my computer. Here's what's happened so far. We played the book. Uh we played we played Dragon of Ice Pyre Peak. And then at the end of that, um the NPC Penelope, who lived in Nomengrade, um brought you to a secret temple that she worked at because she thought that you would make a good world-saving heroes, wherein you met Morgana and Cal and Olenfair and Genji and Ulma, all kinds of people. And they introduced you to the Temple of Ludus and the Preservationists, whom you are now part of. You work as the investigators. Um, you were very quickly shuffled away on your first mission to the wasteland between the mirroring mountains, where you investigated disappearances and claims of a giant rock beast whom you do, did come in contact with, and you did fight and beat, and you met a strange black creature that was inside of it, stole a gauntlet off of its shriveled-up hand, saved a man named Maurice, his daughter gave you a tent in a can, and then you were sent on your way home, uh, back to the temple, where you gave the gauntlet to Olenfair to investigate. Never really got, any, got much from that, unfortunately. Um, but you took a little bit of a break. You did some shopping. You did some leveling up. Um... And then you, you, well, so while you were at the temple, you mm, had some encounters. You had some experiences in the moon garden. Um, You heard some strange music happening in there and you interacted with it a little bit. Uh, Fenny and you gained a little bit of information. You just learned four words that you didn't know before uh, from some of the, transcriptions of the books that were inside the library and then you were sent out on your second mission to the whistling woodland uh elven society based out of magical uh willow trees where you were sent on a pilgrimage that was causing elves to disappear and you did the entire trek you saved some people you you um evacuated some towns and you killed the sickness that was endangering the livelihood of all of the trees. So you eradicated the sickness that was endangering the entire society and um, literally embodying the origin tree. And you saw the symbol that you had maybe thought that you spied on the creature inside the stone golem. It was burned into the top of the tree this time. Um, There was a whole description of that. You can go to our Twitter and look at it if you don't remember what it looks like or, like I said, haven't listened, which is strange. Um, And then you went home with an artifact from the origin tree that was given to you by Rolmnir, one of the uh, elven elders of the village. And you took a little break. And there was a new area in the temple where Cal set up some training grounds. Um, Don't really remember much of what happened to that temple break, to be totally honest. I think you took a break. No, you didn't. You got home, 
there was a little bit of excavating, and then Genji approached you, and he uh, asked if you would go pick up a package for him. And you did. You went to the town that his brother, his cousin Benji lived in, Haste Drop Hills, where Benji worked as a smithy, to pick up a parcel that Benji had for Genji. And in doing so, you convinced the mayor to let you rough up some hooligans, but instead you did some more crimes to them. And it Violated was, the Geneva Convention. It was a Woo! lot. There was a whole like line of people spitting on a singular hobgoblin. You cut his tongue out of his mouth and sent him on his way. We tip. didn't do that, though. Otto did that. That was you. What did I? No. Otto <laughs> The line of people oh, spitting? I did the oh, line I... of people spitting. Mike, <laughs> Otto cut the tongue out of the he face. Did do also, that. did I not suggest the Benito Mussolini spitting on Drag him through the streets and spit on him. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it was a year ago. <laughs> um, so you brought back that parcel that you did actually retrie- retrieve for Genji. And you came home to what you thought was a strange sacrifice, but was actually Callan Morgana's wedding. And it was beautiful. It was very starry-eyed. Uh, and you guys were suspicious of me literally the entire time. And it's fine. I don't take offense to it. I'm not that mad. Um, Weddings are scary with no context. In our defense, yes. it came out of nowhere. And yes, it no context. I was like, ah, it's midsummer. We're about to be sacrificed to some gods. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyway. Oh, this, th- these guys were the bad people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let me get through the rest of this, I promise. Um, so from there, you had about a month and a half off where you each did a little bit of soul tr- searching, a little bit of um, personal development. I think you each came out of that with like one level up or something to any particular skill. Um, Fenny and you came out of that with a little bit more information. And you were sent on your way to a place called... Um, Everstar, where you were tasked with infiltrating a party uh, held by the ruler of the kingdom. You did do that successfully. Mm, it was successful as Not the way I planned. No, you, you bought clothes to sneak into the party. You made it into the party through the back door. Um, you uh, auto fought like a tiger or something crazy yeah. like that, like a big spectral tiger. Oh, that might be um, like the campaign high point for me yeah. so far. Fenian and Otto uh, hogtied, hogtied a waiter. Portia and Melody did some sneaking around. You all turned into rats and did some poop surfing. Um, and then you made it into the mines. You did a little bit of mine traversing. You got hit by a couple traps. And then, and then you found out that Ula, the right hand to the ruler, was behind it all. And she, in fact, was also in search for a particular item that you guys didn't know you were in search of. Uh, you found it. You beat her. You got it. And then you just kind of had to deal with her dead body that you, for some reason, brought back to the temple. I was against it. Don't we, know. Still don't know why that happened. Don't, uh, not looking for an explanation. We were, okay. Just letting you, <laughs> just letting you know. It was weird. It was pretty weird. So you got back to the temple. We'll never stop defending that decision. I think I did all the right things. Okay, go on. Okay. <laughs> you got back to the temple after that. Um, you kind of just did your normal thing. You didn't go shopping, but Ander did show Otto a mm. spring that he found above the training grounds, which had the symbol that Fenian had previously seen from the monsters mirrored inside of it. And the water from that spring made you all feel suspiciously content. Um, after discovering that and going to see if you could find Morgana to tell her about it, you discovered that Morgana and Fenian or Morgana and Olinfair were in a secret room, uh, talking about you, hoping that you would come to the realization that they sent a message for you to come find them. You did eventually go check to make sure that you were actually there to receive the message. You did get the message. You just didn't find it because of the weird order in which things happened. 
and you entered the secret room to find them there uh, conspiring against uh, Asian. And they told you that there is very important work to be done. They want to do it um, in secret. So now it's a secret, secret society. And that's pretty much where we left off. You guys gave Morgana your word that you would trust her and do what she asked. And that's where we were. She gave you back all three items that you had found on your arcs so far. Um, and you told her about the spring. And that's where we left off. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the game so far, how you felt, what your suspicions and theories are. I love hearing how suspicious you are about me. I feel good. Oh. <laughs> okay. There are no further comments at this time. Thank you. Okay. Noted. Uh, my expectations have been subverted. Why? Well, I don't know. I just said I didn't have one clear prediction, but this was not in my fanned out collection of predictions. Can I? I'd, which is exciting to me. Yeah, I would love to hear what your original predictions were and if and how they've been skewed so far. I'm sure listeners would love to too, because we're we're playing at a point where. The current episode that has come out this past Monday was about four sessions ago. And we play about four yeah. hours at a time. So we're maybe 15 episodes ahead. Maybe a little less than. But episode 11 Holy just shit. came out and we're now recording Damn. this table yeah. talk. So, uh, so this is probably reaching the ears of people who know who the Democratic nominee in the 2020 election is. Oh, my God. That just made me nauseous. <laughs> Same. The Democratic debate is tonight. I know. The night that we're recording this. They're I'm gonna... glad we're here instead. Okay. They're going to let Bloomy on plans, that stage. God damn it. Bloomin' Onion. It has literally been like, it feels like six months since we played, even though I know it's only been like a month and a half. It feels like you yeah. were describing the break before Everstar, and I was like, that doesn't even feel like it happened this fucking century. Like, <laughs> holy Christ. Uh, so, yeah, wh uh, let's talk theories. What were your original theories and where did they go awry? I thought that uh, the other shoe was going to drop with the preservationists. Like, I didn't think I didn't necessarily not trust Morgana, but I thought that, like, we were going to get in trouble for having just gone with the flow so much and being like, you know what I mean? We didn't ask a lot of questions or push back a lot. So I thought that it was going to hit a point where it was like, well, yeah, you joined our organization. Didn't you know that we're Nazis or something? And we were going to have to like. I kind of had something similar. Yeah. I thought maybe not Nazis. but <laughs> Shorthand. <laughs> but I also thought like some shady business was going to be going on with preservationists or at least like a section of it. Like and... a civil war type thing. Mm. It hasn't happened. <laughs> Your eyes just got so big on the phrase civil war. <laughs> Jesus. I was suspicious of Morgana at first, but then she became my mom, Ghana. And I, like, you know, immediately realized that this woman is overworked and Asian is nowhere to be seen. So immediately I didn't trust him. Oh, interesting how that mirrors your own real workplace grievances throughout the course of the game. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, man. I was like, where is he? Why isn't he sweating with Morgana? Mm. Too good she to sweat. And then we unionized and we kicked his ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, did you play without me? Yes, yes. actually. We finished. Thank you. <laughs> so how'd, you get, how'd you get my notes? We solved it. Don't worry. 
Um, I think I thought something was funny with the preservationist too. You thought so from the beginning. I, I remember you telling me that months ago. I did because I don't know. There's something about him, and now I think maybe it has something to do with that funny feelings in my groin water. What? <laughs> Wait, I'm <laughs> I'm at like. The lower part of your stomach when all I could think of was groin. What? Boner water. Niagara <laughs> seltzer. Boner water. That's what I meant. Boner I'm water. I'm so tired, guy. I don't know if that's... Boner water. It's like that feel good, that warm feeling in your you can stop. stomach, I guess. What? I don't know. I don't know where you're going. No, I know what you... You were just... Do you I know when you drink like a shot and it's just like, ooh... In your stomach. <laughs> That's how you feel about the That's how I thing? imagine the water makes you feel. Oh! The water from the spring. Sorry. Out of okay. context. Wait, yeah. Um, and now I'm wondering saying. if maybe it's like the people in the temple are drinking the Kool-Aid and the water's just making everybody go along with it. Oh, Were that's a great the theory. Head cannon. I don't know. We l- didn't talk about our beverage in our water intakes. We did talk about breakfast a lot. We did talk a lot. I've noticed that. Yeah, that's the yeah. only meal that's been adequately described throughout most uh-uh, of the I gave game. you dinner a couple times. There All was right. a there was a pot roast. I add I only remember that cuz I very recently edited that episode. <laughs> but like there compared to <laughs> breakfast i got those that's those are the kind of details that i like i going into this campaign didn't want to get bogged down by because it is a narrative based like audio media and we are i am trying to focus like more so than ever on the story of it all that i didn't want to worry about like materials when casting spells i didn't want to worry about like making sure you eat and drink every day because there are some dms who do pay close attention to that stuff and will like make give you adverse effect if you forget to drink or forget to eat or don't rest so i feel like getting like tied down to like those like humanistic things would kind of make it like drag on yeah me. oh it would like oh i need to go i drink get the appeal water. of it but not for this kind of game roll mm-hmm. for water yeah like this at, at the end of the day this is like we are sitting down to tell a story together like regardless of the fact that I give you the world. You are the ones who take it and run. So I try to focus as little as possible on details like that that I think are going to, you know, like bore the listener, bore you guys, make it not so fun to play. Like I like when we have the super, super high energy episodes and it gets hard to follow along. Like war crimes. Like war crimes. Affectionately named for the many war crimes you committed. I would like to mention, you mentioned those four words, which I had essentially totally forgotten about my notes for this game look like the scrawls of a mad person <laughs> i noticed a lot a while ago i noticed that image of the man standing isn't he horrible it's pretty scary um i literally drew the symbol and then wrote bad guys with an arrow <laughs> pointing at it so that's the level my notes are at also all caps at the top ritz the name of my you fucking pegasus like <laughs> 10 months ago <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was the necessary piece of information I had to remember. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about where your character started and, and um, kind of what they have become since you first stepped into them for the book? Because I feel like you're very different characters than you came to the table with the very first session. Yes. 
I thought Fenian was going to be a lot more serious, but he turned real. Uh, yeah, Fenian definitely has become one of the sillier uh, characters, I think, in a very yeah. good way, despite your high intelligence and Porsche's lack of charisma. Has, well, I like that Fenian is still it. smart, but he's just like over our shit, which oh. is like, that's how I always read it. More you know? so by the session. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very much so. He kind of started leaning into it, too, that's I feel great. like, around the... Uh, Around the rats situation. The moment he learned he could turn into a T-Rex is the moment Fenian got in on the bullshit. All yeah, once you, I was just thinking about that, too. I was yeah. like, once, uh, what is it, transmutation? No. Polymorph. Polymorph was on the table. I was like, that's just going to be the whole game from oh, now on. You are 100% correct in that prediction. <laughs> yes. Um, I missed the part about Matt talking about Portia. I'm sorry. It's okay. I ruined it. <laughs> Keep it now in. you did. Do you want me to say it again? Sure. Let's just it's gonna be so natch. So natch. So natch. Soup's natch. Yeah. What's that from? No idea. Sounds yeah, like I a parks up. and rec thing. Um but... it does sound like a parks and rec thing. I don't remember what I said, so never mind. Keep going. <laughs> uh yeah, we were talking about our characters and how we came to the table thinking about them and how they've evolved. Ah, yes. I Am also I... wrote a super serious backstory. I yeah. But uh, but then I was like, what if he was an asshole? And now <laughs> oh and then I he just was. love it. Yeah, you started as like as like neutral good or something like that, or true good or something like that. I still feel like that is the vibe is that he's just like so sure that he knows what's right that he's not gonna like listen to anyone else mm. in any way, shape, or form at any time. You changed it to chaotic neutral, right? Not chaotic neutral. I don't remember what I changed it to, but. That's one of those other things that, like, I'm not paying super close attention yeah. to, yeah. you know? Like, I feel like you've developed these characters to a point where you know how to play them. You know how you're going to play them. I wanted to play a big, scary dragon man. And then I read on the wiki that big, scary dragon men are religious zealots. <laughs> so I decided to have my big, scary dragon man be like, he lost his religion and is, like, looking for it. Mm -hmm. And then that turned into, like, okay, he just doesn't trust any doctrine of any kind except for what he thinks at all times. Right. Which is great, because it's like, you know, an asshole with a with a purpose. Amen. You Otto. Know. I feel like Otto has grown as a character probably <laughs> the most. Yes. I feel like you definitely started playing him as very much as yourself, and now he's well, like his own entity. an asshole version of yourself. <laughs> no, you weren't. I the, Exactly. Like, oh. you, he, he didn't, like, lean in so much to that character trait. When you first like started playing him, but now that yeah. you, we've come this far, you're like very. This is Otto. hard this not is to. Like... Yeah, I also just love the character in general of like the asshole, but also like the baby. Like I just yes. got to the part where like Matt ha reads you a bedtime story. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I just I can't help but love that. It's very. Good. I also feel like Otto took a quantum leap forward when I got him a cowboy hat. And then I was like, oh, everything makes sense now. Oh, I get we it. We get it. Oh, yeah. this is the character. Yep. So in a lot of ways, Melody has like, you know, filled my expectations in the sense that she's here for a good time. She's not here for a long time. Like, <laughs> but she is. So uh, she's always partying and she's always almost dying. <laughs> but uh, she is like more daring than I like originally played her. I feel like she used to be a little more like scared during battles. But I think she's really like come to like the fold for her friends and everything. Absolutely. And she always stands up for Portia. So. I, I just want to get 
Porsche laid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Meta gaming. <laughs> there was that one. I, I well, I really think it's funny that you said you when we first started talking about playing, you said you wanted to play a bard. And I really like that because I thought that you were going to lean more into like the happy, cheery, I'm going to buff you bard, like give you all of these spells that will help you in battle. And that's my contribution. But you turned into this like I can battle too (laughs) kind of bard (laughs) and like you were mean to my friend. So I'm going to smack you. And I'm like, it just. Yeah, I just got to the part where like um, with tooth for the first time Mm -hmm. and you spit on his feet (laughs) as you walk out. I had solidarity. To, you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciated it. Very good. Melody is fun, especially because, like, I don't know if it's just your voice is a little bit different when you talk about Melody in that it's like, I picture everything Melody, Melody does with just, like, a straight face. She is so <laughs> unbothered by everything. There was a point during the last fight. We Ula? can talk. Yes. Yeah. Ula? Oh, okay, yeah. This cool. will be up after. Um, where you were like, and then I throw poison in her face. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. With a straight okay. face, just like. Mm. At some point, I think it was either after. It was like after you asked Genji for fantasy weed, I started envisioning Melody as like a fantasy um, like Hunter S. Thompson. Like she's just kind of like, she doesn't really get where we are or what we're doing <laughs> at any time. She's just kind of like, she's all right. Like- who do I gotta kill? Where the party at? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, uh, I, I, just got to the point in editing where, um, it's the first time you guys get to Everstar, and it's your first day in the upper ring, and she's just standing, staring inside the glass of the Evergarden, oh and, and the gardener comes over to the window, and Melody like. She's like, I wave really enthusiastically. <laughs> like, okay. Like some days you're like, do you want to come in? Some days you're like on that high charisma shit, and some days you're like, don't fuck with my friends. Yes, I you like it a both. lot. And then some days you're like, I put my sleeping mask on. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I think that the way you've leaned into like a bard who is essentially like a musical fighter is really good. And I also think how Allie has leaned into Portia's lack of charisma in a very good way. Beautifully. Really, really good. It's not that hard. I just do my natural instinct. <laughs> you don't, though, which I think is the best part. Because, like, our like our group of friends is such an actor type of group of friends. Like, all of your friends are in drama. Mm. And you were one of our few friends who was always, like, the stage hand or the stage manager. I think it's so funny that we sat down to play this game and you're immediately in it. And Portia is just like an entirely different entity. I find it so good. I learned from the best. Aww. You did a good job. You're Thanks. doing a good job. Thanks. Thanks. Keep Thanks. doing it. No. Um, is there anything else on that you guys want to talk about? I don't think so. Uh, let's talk about future. What do you think is going to happen? You guys got theories? I feel like I might die. Well, you always feel like you might die. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think... The spring with the mirror images of the bad guy, Mark. I don't have a name for it. The drippy oval. Sure. The white Ew. drippy oval and the, the black drippy, drippy hole. oval. Pick a new one. <laughs> the drippy hole. Pick a new name. Um, no. I feel like it's very much like good, bad, like fire, water, earth, air, like opposites are just the two sides of the same coin type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means yet, but that's what I feel. 
I'm really practicing my poker face over here, you guys. I think Endgame is going to be getting that door open and releasing whatever ungodly entity it lives inside of it. Maybe it's just better. Because here's something I realized. This didn't happen. It was a stinger at the end of an episode where the light, like, exited the room and crawled along the hallway and, like, receded back. And I was like, oh, I missed that the first time. Oh, yeah. Don't you listen to my podcast. I do. I like it a lot, actually. (laughs) I also had that same thought when that came around. I was like, god damn, maybe whatever is behind that door is already creeping out. Exactly. Like, you know, maybe it's not as locked as we think it is. Exactly. It's not (gasps) friendship, Portia. We've tried that. God. We didn't try holding hands and opening it. Any excuse. Any excuse for her to hold a hand. Right. Everyone Um, hold Portia's hand. Roll for hand holding. Roll for hand holding. Anybody else? Is that it? I'm not good at predicting. Mostly because whatever you have, we just take the piss out of it. Like, You're right. You like sure Matt, do. Like Matt and his just like, oh, I'm gonna get rid of this creature for seven Fucking turns. Banishment. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> dog. I forgot is, I did that. That's what, I think that's my favorite part about Fenian is just like him ruining Jamie's day. <laughs> there was like, I I think there was like a full ninety seconds between you saying I cast banishment <laughs> and, and you explaining banishment to me, and then me just sort of like, okay. <laughs> Open mouthed, like a gate. I just, I could not figure out what to do. That's like how we started that boss battle. It 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 was the first thing I did. There was like six, just like six turns where she just wasn't there, and you guys got to do whatever the fuck you wanted. And Anna was like, "I grappling hook up to the thing," and I'm like, "Fuck!" Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, Ah. there were a couple of moments on the fly there where like, and then I put the stone wall up from the water so she can't touch it anymore. That was pretty good. That Me was too. pretty good. Um, grappling hook. Grappling hook. What do you guys remember from that battle? Do you have theories from that battle? Because I feel like that was a pretty, like, that whole area, I've been, like, very gradually trying to step you towards, like, the main plot. And I feel like that whole thing just, like, really was the, the, the like, proceeding to the huge turning point that was the end of that session where you talked to Morgana and Olin Fair. You guys remember anything like significant from that episode? That I remember important? I was looking for anything behind the stalagmites, and there was like a little shadow creature running around, or like I caught a glimpse of it, and by the time I found it, there was a little poof of smoke and the symbol on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the bad guys are being controlled by like indistinct little poofs of black smoke. Hmm. Or if there's like whatever the black smoke is is sort of not on its own side, but hmm. like a secret third side. Hmm. I can literally I'm just making that sound because like I can't say anything. I predict that you're gonna try to use Ander to break our hearts. <gasps> Feel like that's a pretty safe bet. It's a pretty safe bet. And I w- oh man, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying like that's an that's an adequate thing it's for you to guess. Pretty reasonable. Yeah, I, like w- our... I can understand why you guess it. 
He's our Rudy. It's like Spider Man, like Grandpa, right? Uncle, yeah, Uncle yeah. Ben. Um, Grandpa. What is that called? No, it's more like at the end of Spider Man Two when they all pass the unmasked Spider Man down the subway train, and they're like, "He's a hero." I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't remember that. Is that Tobey Maguire? Yeah. Yeah. Don't remember it. He like has his mask off. It's a very vulnerable moment for and him. And it's really funny because they take his mask off and then one of the people on the subway goes, he's just a kid. And it's Tobey Maguire and you're like, no, he's, no, he's 40. Like 35. No, yeah, no, he's that's, an adult. That's Seabiscuit. He's 40. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, Ander is played by a fully grown Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> I didn't think I could love him anymore, but now I do. I was about to say, I'm actually okay with it. It's fine. Um, oh, Adventure. Do it. <laughs> I also had, I don't know why, but like the two sides against each other and we don't really know what's going on. It feels very like we're going to turn on each other for some reason. Civil like war. A, I know you said that before, but I kind of agree. <laughs> I'm team cap. Always have been. Not not a part in this. Team mom Ghana five ever. Whenever I'm writing new new details for like upcoming arcs, I'm like, I am Morgana, aren't I? Oh, no, <laughs> Mom Ghana. I am Mom Ghana. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to move forward from here. I'm like trying to extend this as long as I can because I feel like it's we're moving through big plot stuff a lot faster than I anticipated, which is silly. I should have anticipated it all, like kind of like speeding up very fast, yeah. and um, I just I want. To play more. I want you to get more out of it. It's so good. I'm having a good time. Is it a good... Is it, That's two. Is it a good campaign? It's good. Yeah. I'm I'm, I've been really sad that we haven't played for like three weeks. Me Same. too. I don't want it to end. Me either. Does it have to? Do you know what? I'm the exact same way, but I also love the idea of like... And then we move on and do something else. Like putting a bow yeah, on it and saying so, like that oh, was nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah, but also doesn't it kind of bum you guys out that we're probably at this rate not going to get to level up to level 20 and see what our OP demigod selves would look like? <laughs> yeah, you guys don't want to see us get to season eight of Dexter. I kind of feel like <laughs> Fenian's already almost to that weird demigod place. That's Fenian's true. Fenian's a little OP. Fenian's always so been a little hard OP. not to make that happen. But it balances hard because Melody is extremely... You unpee, unpee. But she's very helpful. You're all ve the thing is like Fenian's the one who deals a significant amount of the damage, but you guys are all very successfully a huge part of every arc in your own way. Yeah, like it. W I don't think it would function as well if you didn't all we have the stats the way you did and play the characters. We're the way very you did. diversified here. I feel like I thrived as a rat. Being a rat was good. Being yeah. a rat was super fun. That was my favorite. We'll do that again. We can do that. that again. I was like, oh man, when you're a rat, you don't have to worry about poop. You can just surf on that shit. Guys, let's make that the end. And then we <laughs> and become then rats we and run into the wild. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that was the end of this campaign. You're welcome. Thank the you for listening. The world is like, you've saved us. Thank you. You can have any boon you want. And we're like, no thanks. And we all hold we're hands. We're rats. Turn into anamorph into rats like beetleborgs. Just flee into a sewer grate. <laughs> Fenian dies after like two days because he keeps having to try to keep polymorph yes, up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ander dies from rabies because he tries to follow us down into the sewer oh, and like care for all the rats, rats down there, but they swarm him and eat his flesh. Jeez, this got so dark. 
Oh my god. Um, I do have a couple silly questions before we put a cap on this. Oh boy. Um, who is your favorite NPC and why? My I mean, son. Gonna, yeah, I was gonna say other than Ander. Let me think for a sec. You do have to think. I, I do Sis- love Cal. Sisbiv. Oh, Sisbiv. I. I love to hate Sisbiv. I love Sisbiv to hate frightens him. me. <laughs> oh my god. I think about Tooth a lot. Like when we're not playing, I think about Tooth because, like, I think about the fact that I was a big outlier in all the Tooth encounters. Like listening to the podcast later, I was like, "Oh, they hate him," and I'm trying to like have fun with him, and they're all they hate him. Like I was like, "Oh, it's Tooth," and you guys were all like, "It's Tooth." <laughs> we were not on the oh, same God. page. Yeah. I, I mean, love Mom Ghana. Mom Ghana. She's and my mom. I do love Mom Ghana. I'm a big. I loved Ula. Did you? I love a bad lady. I'm kind of glad for that. I didn't get to like interact <clears throat> with you as much as I wanted to as Ula. Yeah. Not... Oh, Ula and her trio of like mystical malcontents. I loved them. Yeah, I kind of. I cool. kind of felt oh, like yeah. there was going to be the more. Uh, their name was Roscoe. Oh, he was uh, cool. Roscoe, Roscoe's I just really heart. wanted to ask them about their pants so I could like buy auto a pair. Oh shit! <laughs> love. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to. I did love Roscoe. Roscoe was like, there were there have been very few NPCs that I've played that I like knew ahead of time exactly how I was gonna play them. Most of them just like fly off the cuff. Voices just come like right out of my ass. You said Sisbiv also. Sisbiv was fully off the cuff. Made up the name on the spot. Oh. I thought you were saying the other night that Sisbiv was one the one of the few voices no, you knew ahead really of time. that's really surprising. So actually, yeah, Sisbiv, I knew that that was a voice that I wanted to use. I didn't know who I was going to use it for. I just like that was one of the few voices that I was like, one of these characters that they're going to interact with regularly is be- going to be kind of creepy. But when you first met him, I didn't have a name for him. And I just kind of like fell right into it. And I was like, Sisbiv. So, you can edit it this worked. out. But also that just reminded me that I'm listening to a new fantasy audiobook right now and there's a character where the guy reads him exactly in your Sisbiv <gasps> voice. Oh shit. And it's wild as hell. Copied. It's so funny. No. Um it's a 1970s book so if anyone's infringing it's right. you. Sorry. God damn it, Sorry. Jamie. My bad. Uh no, but Roscoe is actually one of the very few like less than a handful of characters that I was like this is this person, this is how I'm going to play this person, this is what this person sounds like. And I kind of like I'm glad I got to play them, but I feel like both Ula and Roscoe I didn't get to play with as much as I really wanted to. Yeah. One shot. We go back. This wasn't like a major, obviously major characters, but the Pegasi wheat thing. <laughs> oh the my cracker God. horses. Keebler. The cracker trio. The cracker I, I love four of them. That was really funny. Pegasi. Obviously, I Rich was important when to I me. Listened to that I podcast. Oh, I compl- Derek, our war prisoner. Oh, Derek. Oh, Derek. He has a permanent list. I now. was hoping he would be the last one. <laughs> Ron, I, I want to run Ron, into him again Derek. by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yes. I have to run into him. Wait, so. we didn't. Oh, no. There's a really there. emotional beat where we run into him and have to convince him, like, no, no, we're the good guys, we swear. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're forced to face our misdeeds. <laughs> It's the scene I just described where we saved the world, everyone thanks us, we turn into rats and run away, and he's just standing at the front of the crowd shaking his head like, I fucking knew it. Exactly. <laughs> They're rats. What the Can hell I is Pete Buttigieg doing? As our DM? Sure, yeah. What's the most surprising thing we've done so Pete far? Butt. Besides Blight? I mean, besides <laughs> uh, uh, Banishment? Both. Yeah. Um, War well, crimes? 
War crimes, yeah, that whole side quest was very surprising to me. I think we were just all in the mood to make that the wildest art, yes. uh, wildest like session. I'm, I'm often tempted to ask you like what was supposed to happen, but I know that's not a realistic question. Yeah, like you know. I mean, let me answer this, and then I'll let you ask, and I'll see if I can answer that or not. Um, besides banishment, which totally changed the dynamic of how that fight was going to go, and actually for the better, I was legitimately worried. Um, there have been a few times when I like very hard tried to push for something to happen and it didn't, it did happen during that fight with something else entirely. Um, I, I like we, I think not dynamics based, but the fact that you guys played the entire origin tree arc in one sitting <laughs> yeah. was very that surprising. Was to me. That was a very long session and yeah. I'm very surprised you played the whole thing in one sitting. That was fun though. We had too much fun. I know. I was kind of glad for it. I'm glad it happened. We loved our Pegasi. When you say you were worried, you thought Ulu was going to kill us? Or like... I No. Well, I... Yes. I was... <laughs> I... It's hard to... I don't know. I was worried about how you were going to make it happen and if it was going to become something bigger than a boss battle. You know? Like if it was going to become like a multi-session thing if you were going to oh, try to like make it back out on oh, the town oh. if you were going to involve more characters like i just really fully didn't know what to expect didn't know how yeah. you guys were going to rectify all that and like i didn't make it easy on you at all that was one of like the harder cases of me dming a boss for you i think i definitely was less gentle with that one than i've been in the past yeah yeah i'll say what well, I- just, I just realized that you, you couldn't possibly have predicted or expected us to poop surf down into those mines. I really didn't. <laughs> I definitely, I put those grates there. I knew every entrance to the mines that there was. I knew there was a possibility of you entering any of them. Didn't expect it to be poop surfing. Yeah. Gotta no. tell you. It's the thing about poop surfing. It's always a surprise when it happens. Every rat's poop surfing. <laughs> okay. Surfing USA. Surfing oh my God. USA. Surfing ever star. Uh, Mike, did you you wanted to know where there was a moment where what was well? No, I was just saying that like the question what was supposed to happen oh. is like not very not conducive precise to this, yeah. in this medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, after the campaign, we can talk about it. Yes. Our, our final wrap up table talk. Excuse me. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that the coming, this coming arc, we've got a little bit of like weird uh, plot to get through. And then there's like a whole arc that I have been spending weeks and weeks and weeks working on. And I think it is going to be a very, very good one. I'm really nervous about how it's going to work. Is it logistically? <laughs> logistically, yes. Time wise, um, plot wise mechanics wise like i there's so much of it that i'm like it's very new it's very different i will say there are like rules that i've written there's monsters that i've written as per usual uh but there's like it's just it's essentially just a whole new terrain for all of us so so i'm very very excited i'm very nervous i think it's gonna be great if it works out like i plan and if it doesn't, it'll be even better because that's how it always goes. That's usually how it goes. There was like a whole, during the Genji side quest, there was a whole interaction you were supposed to have with a group of street toughs that never happened. 
Well, good, we, good thing because we, we were in a mood for war crimes. Apparently, you would have murdered my. We children. hit the road in that town, and we were like, "All right, who's who's the first to be murdered? You literally line before, up." Before I even introduced the threat of hobgoblins, you were you guys were like, "Oh, we can just kill somebody for money in here," and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Are we the baddies? Kill that guy for you? We could uh, kill him." Oh my god. Anyway, uh, I want to play. Okay, yes, let's me play. Too. Uh, thank you for listening to our table talk. I don't know if this is going to go up on a regular Monday or uh, in between two regular Mondays, but I uh, hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just another podcast Monday. I like that. Hey, I have to go get ibuprofen. Okay. Thank you for I listening. Have to pee. Bye. 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 Hey, it's your DM, Jamie. Thank you, as always, for tuning into this episode of Attempted Adventure, even though today was a little bit of a weird one. We did a table talk. Sorry again, like I said last week, if table talks aren't your thing, but I think that a lot of people appreciate them, and every now and then just jumping in as the uh, the players instead of the characters is, is fun to kind of hear what the players have to say. I know that I always like them occasionally in the D&D podcasts that I listen to, uh, but if it wasn't your thing, no big deal. Next week, we will be back with a brand new installment, uh, episode 22 of Attempted Adventure, so look forward to that. It's a big one. I hope that you guys are all staying safe inside and are safe and healthy in your homes. I know that we all are. Uh, this pandemic has not stopped us from wanting to play D&D, so that is what we shall do. And I hope that, uh, if anything, it can bring you a little bit of laughter during your day if you're having a hard time, and uh, just know that we're all thinking about you. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast and liking what you're hearing, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AAdventureCast for weekly updates of the newest episode and also some just all-around fun stuff on Twitter. If you're going to post about the show, make sure that you use the hashtag AttemptedAdventureCast as well as tagging us so that we can see it and so that uh, I can interact with you and, and say hey and thanks for the post. If you're not already, you should subscribe to us wherever it is you get your favorite podcasts so that you can always know when a new episode comes out. And while you're at it, why don't you leave us a rating and review on iTunes? It would be super duper helpful and I would for sure appreciate it. That's all that I have for you guys today. I hope that you're excited for next week and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.